Hi, thanks for joining us today. This is Bonnie Wallace, author of the Hollywood Parents Guide. And today my guest on this podcast is Suzanne Goddard Smythe. Suzanne is a casting director who casts roles for TV, film, and stage. And she's best known for casting the game, warehouse favorite games, and girlfriends. She's currently casting Little Maddie, Casey Undercover, and School of Rock. Suzanne, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Bonnie. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for asking me. Oh, this is going to be so fun. How did you get started as a casting director? Is this something you knew you always wanted to do? Uh, Yes, you know what? As far as being in the business, I always know I wanted to be a part of the business. I always loved movies and television. My dad was an actor and got our whole family involved in the business when we were young. So I always thought I wanted to be an actor. So I did plays, and I went out on auditions as a kid, and I did anything around me that I could do that would do involve singing or acting or dancing. And then I went on to UCLA to study, and I made a lot of friends at UCLA. And as it turns out, a bunch of us ended up falling into being casting directors. Because when you're studying, you learn all these different elements of... Um, you know, breaking down scripts, uh, directing. We all did all these different things in school as theater, theater arts or film majors. And we found ourselves kind of bumping into these worlds. Um, and I ended up finding mine um, when I was able to help a friend who was casting his first film, an independent film. And I said, well, let me come and help you. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved helping the producers figure out who was right for their roles, how to interpret the characters, um, working with the actors to help them find their way. And after sticking at as being an actor for a little while longer, I realized when I had my first son that I wanted to be a casting director. And I was lucky enough to get my first job as a casting assistant in television, and that's kind of been my base, is working in television, and I can't think of doing anything else that I love more. <laughs> that makes sense? <laughs> yeah, it makes all kinds of sense. I mean, I always, I'm just always curious about how people end up doing what they're doing, because there's always a story, yeah. and, um, you know, especially, like, we, like, a lot of kids, they know they want to be actors, but there's not a lot of kids who are like, oh, I want to be a casting director. <laughs> it's like no, road absolutely. It's finding it's it's at one point I realized I loved acting and I loved interpreting material, but at some point I just didn't like having to have the other stuff around me and it being about me, which is sometimes yeah. well it's what a lot of it becomes, and I just loved doing the work and doing theater was a big thing for me. I loved doing stage work. Um, but then when I had my son, it's like, you know what? I don't want to have this stuff about me. I want to put it out there to other people and help them. And working as a casting director almost makes you feel like you're an, employ- an employment agency where you can mm-hmm. help people find work. And with well, and um, my skill set and their skill set, we work together to find the right jobs for them. Well, so and can you, work, can you describe ahead. how that works? Cause I think people, like, there's a lot of mystery around the casting process, you know? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, 
I think anxiety <laughs> for actors and for people who aren't even in the business. It's like, how does that even work? What do you do as a casting director? Okay. As a casting director, we are given a script and we need to help interpret that for the writers. What are they looking for? Now we'll just say, talk about guest cast right now. Um, they have roles that pop in and we'd read this what is the intent of each of these characters? What are they being, why are they there to drive the story plot points that they're trying to um, say in this particular episode? I'm just using television right now. Um, so we need to now find the actors that we know of tone, and let's say it's a half-hour comedy, to uh, propel the story. So let's say there is a coach. A coach has popped up in a high school. So we'll think of what kind of guys do we know in our um, experience that have had those roles before? Oh, I know. I've made lists on this. I can go back and utilize those lists. There may be some new people I've met that feel like a high school coach. And I have kids in school, so I've met a bunch of those high school coaches. <laughs> um, and we've cast these kind of roles before, too. So we'll bring, uh, I'll put a small list together, and I will bring them in and... Sometimes it'll be for me first, and I will run it with them to see if, let's see if I can give them any ideas because they have to be able to do a comedic turn at moments. Maybe they'll need a little help with that, or they'll just bring it, and they know what they're doing, and they can interpret this material as well as I, which is great. You always hope that's what you're going to find. Um, for, for children, we find ourselves helping them shape their auditions oftentimes, um, and and that's part of what the casting director does, is helping, especially with the younger kids that come in, they're not quite sure how to shape the material that they've read. So we give them the highs and lows of where they're trying to go from one point to the other with the scenes that they're reading. Um, what else can I say that would describe other things that we do? We, you know, we, we have relationships with agents and managers uh, to help... Um, find those jobs for their wonderful actors. We had a wonderful little girl that came into us that was introduced to us um, with a phone call. A terrific manager I know said, we have a little girl coming into town. Would you meet with her? I said, sure. This adorable little seven-year-old came in. I had sent her some material ahead of time so she could come in and, and show me her um, skill set. Her skill set was phenomenal. I just happened to have some material for her age range for two separate pot projects, which she booked both of. So Is this part someone of who our, was a recent guest star on Liv and Maddie? Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was it's, it's, wasn't she amazing? And it's so it's exciting. Totally and now amazing. she's a series regular on another Disney project. I, I mean, she <laughs> on that one dream, week... Right? Right? Exactly. And that's this one little girl who found some representation. They said, would you meet? And we said yes. And part of our job as a casting director is to say yes. Let's meet new people. Let's keep our doors open so we can always find those new little gems. Or just, you know, this is what we do for a living. We meet actors. And it was a very satisfying one. Gosh, no kidding. Yeah, that's 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 the dream. You know, you show up for a little guest star role, and then all of a sudden it turns into uh, 
something much bigger because of the relationship that's been created. Right. Um, what What is the difference between, say, casting a pilot and casting for a show that's already filming? What, what are the like different mechanics around that? Well, that's a that's a really great question because they do each have their own um, kind of special skills for an actor to think about. Because when you're auditioning for a series regular, the thing you need to be reminded of is you need to be likable. You've got material that has been sent to you. You are going to be the series regular of a show, and you need to always make those choices in the beginning to say, this is who I think this character is, but it has to come from a positive place. I've had um, some uh, material that's come our way for series regulars that may have a little sardonic wit to it, and it thinks, oh, I've got to be negative because of that. And it's like, no, in that way, you need to treat the people around you with kindness and love. So we want to turn into to see you and the relationships that you're building. We don't want to see this person being mean to her supposed friends or his supposed friends. Does that, do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Well, yeah, so because if, if you're going to have people wanting to tune in weekly to see a show, those characters have got to be likable, whereas a guest star doesn't necessarily have to be likable at all. It just depends on what the character calls for. Exactly. So when you have those kind of roles that come to you in a series regular and you see it's sardonic, it me, which means um, maybe you're a little sassy with um, some of the other characters, that sass is usually said with love. And we were working on a wonderful project um, this past year, and one of the characters had that kind of sass. And everybody would come in and rolling their eyes and make her negative. And you're thinking, no, no, let's find the positive element to this. And it was constantly trying to redirect the kids to find that kind way of not having to necessarily roll your eyes, but just being a little sardonic with your friends. So it was an interesting challenge. Yeah, yeah. When I think about, you know, the shows that that I have personally become, like, attached to or involved with emotionally, and that is what gets people to, you know, tune in regularly, um, I've fallen in love with the characters. I think that's probably a big thing. You need to be able to fall in love with the characters. You need to create a character that people might actually fall in love with. Right, right. Um, so you always wanted to... So, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, what well, I was going to say, Go in terms of the timeline, like like I get a lot of kids, you know, writing me and saying, oh, I want to be on this, I want to be on Little Maddie specifically, for example, because of, you know, our lives. But they live in uh, Tennessee or something, you know, and if you're casting a guest star role, that timeline's really tight, right? Yes. Um, it's, it's it's tricky. I mean, you have to usually be very much in the throes of the television world at that point when you want to come and put yourself on tape. Now, are you talking about guest star or series regular? Well, just the guest that's star, right? I'd like to just tease tease out here for you because, for example, somebody who doesn't live in Los Angeles could conceivably mm-hmm. end up with a series regular role, which would, of course, require them to move to Los Angeles. Um, 
because of the length yeah, or of the relocate process, for a while. Yes, they could relocate for a while. Exactly, but because of the length of the process, like it doesn't all happen within, say, a week. Um, whereas, whereas the guest star thing, you have to kind of be here and jump quickly. Does that make sense? I mean, it takes it takes weeks and maybe even sometimes months to cast something for a series regular set of actors. Uh, like, you know what I'm saying? If there's a Right. So sometimes we're doing, yes, absolutely. When we're doing a pilot, uh, we send out the material to all the different agents um, and managers throughout. I'll just use the country right now, but it can go more global than that as well. So we'll start getting tapes in of kids from uh, different parts of the country. We review every tape. And we have found those little gems outside of Los Angeles and at some point, their their um, link to their reel, their audition, is sent to our executives. It will go to our producers who feel that they're part of it, our executives. And if we feel that they are in contention with the kids that we have here in Los Angeles, um, they'll work something out to bring them out here for us. So they will be in very much in it, but in, a, in their time frame will happen faster because when they come mm-hmm. out here, they're on a time frame of getting this show done and made, and they'll bring them out at the last minute due to mm-hmm. cost and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but when you're doing a guest star, that it's up to you usually to come into Los Angeles if that's your choice, if you put yourself on tape. It's, it's, um, they're usually local casting, uh, and when we put actors out for guest stars, it's in, it's locally. But if their representatives send it to maybe somebody was out of state and we didn't know that, and they send it out to them, and they put themselves on tape, it's something that it's like, well, you know, that would be up to you because we're hiring you from Los Angeles. So we thought you were here. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I think there's a lot of confusion around that, and so. Yeah, well, you, you, you guys, you cast a very wide net when you're looking for, say, a series regular uh, set of roles on a pilot or a movie. Right. Uh, but but you, you can't cast such a wide net when it's a project that really is like an entire, just a week in terms of like start to finish. Um, right. And it could be just a one-day job. It could be a five-day mm-hmm. job. It depends. In the multi-camera world, guest stars are usually with us for five days starting at the table read through the two rehearsal days and run-throughs we have, and then the two filming days that we have. Um, so they could be there anywhere between one to five of those days. Um, Sorry it's tricky for some of these kids that are out of town because um, it, it can be an expense for them. So, uh, But it can be done as well. I mean, we had this little girl who came into town We've had other people that have been out of town that said, I want to come and do this. Um, please utilize my tape, and I will bring myself in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the little girl that you were talking about earlier uh, is, is not from California. <laughs> no, no, she's, she's from out. Florida. And she was in on vacation for a week, and then she the three sh- things she ended up going in on, she booked all three, a stayed an additional week. And then I think the series regular um, booking came a few weeks later um, when they had everything um, coordinated. 
I, it was very yeah. exciting for this little girl. She's very talented. So cool. So you cast a very, very wide range of projects, uh, um, all the way from dramatic film to shows on the Disney Channel. And a lot of people listening to this podcast are hoping to do both kinds of work, um, but they really mm-hmm. require different approaches as an actor. Can you speak a little bit about that? Sure. Um, uh, like for Live and Maddie and for Casey Undercover, which is another project I work at on Disney, those are multi-camera comedies. Uh, so um, it's like doing theater in a way where the energy is just a little brighter, not broad, not what they call sitcom-y. Um, it's just a little heightened energy, um, which is a fine line between doing single-camera work, where in a lot of one hour you find yourself just talking like this, and they get every moment of it because it's all very direct, straight to the point. This is what we're trying to say. But in half hour, you've got comedic turns where comedy in the discussion of comedy theoretics, uh, you find yourself going up in a sentence. This is great. This is so exciting. I'm so happy to do this. That would have a comedic brightness. But in a single camera, I am, I'm really happy to be here. This is a wonderful thing. Thank you for having me here. It's got a more um, a calmer, <laughs> seemingly, and seems to come from a more natural sensibility where the half hours just got that brighter um, brighter energy with, with more energy. <laughs> I like that description. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I like your use of the word bright instead of broad, because broad's what you, people usually say when they talk about, say, Disney Channel comedy, but I think bright is actually maybe more of what you want it to be. Um, right. It's just heightened right. natural. It's not yes. over the top. Yes, because I'll have people come in and be very broad, and I'll say, um, okay. Um, you understand the character, but you're pushing is what I'll call that sometimes when you're being so broad, you're losing all the, um, the intricacies of the character by being so broad, um, in that kind of energy. So let's bring it down and they'll say, well, I thought this was a Disney show and then you're supposed to do, (laughs) that's the Disney way. And I'll say, no, no, that's kind of a, um, something that actors make up in their heads. This Mm -hmm. is everybody, we want it to come from a real place, but it's just a little brighter. And that is just um, multi-camera comedies in general. And if you look at multi-camera comedies on any network, it's the same thing. It's just a little brighter and it's always still has to be based in real for us to care about these characters. Because if it gets too broad, they're they're unbelievable. Yeah, and yes, they're obnoxious, ahead. and you don't want to yes. watch that. Yeah, no, I think right. it. Exactly, exactly. So it's interesting because we have a lot of actors that come in still with this. Well, that's the, they call it the Disney way, but it's not a Disney way. It's You're thinking it's a multi-camera way because right now um, children's television has a lot of the multi-camera format that we are, don't have as much on network shows. Um, a lot of them have turned into single camera. 
and even single camera comedies have a, a brightness to it. Um, all grounded in real, um, just shot differently. We just did um, a project that was single camera done in a mockumentary style that we have coming out probably in January. Um, and it still has to have an energy to it. Yet they were f trying to find the balance between it being with a multi-camera energy and the single camera talking to the camera kind of energy because it's a mockumentary. So it was fascinating yeah. trying to find the nice level of that. And I think we did. I think it's going to be a really good show. I don't think I'm allowed to say so, what it is yet. <laughs> that's okay. business is like that, oh man. Um, what, what do you look for when a young actor walks into your casting office? What are you hoping to find? I'm hoping to find, number one, a professionalism, which includes being prepared. If an actor is prepared, meaning they have looked at their scene, we'll just talk about one scene, they uh, made a choice of who this character is, they know their lines 95% and can come in there and play. So that means we'll read the scene together and then I look at this and say, hey, Either that was an amazing job, I don't have any notes, you were great, or it's, hey, that was great, let's find some more moments here that we can um, find maybe some more comedic turns that you may have missed if it was a half-hour comedy. Some structure, additional structure or comedic beats that we can give to that scene. Um, but if they don't come in prepared, it becomes a big challenge for me. And I can look at this young actor and say, okay, you have some talent here, but you don't know the material as well. Let's still see what we can do. They're still not doing themselves a favor. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe they were uh, unable to get to the next level with the material because they didn't do their homework enough. Sometimes I'll bring those kids back in, though, to say, okay, I didn't know this kid well enough. Let me bring them back in for me again on a second trip. So now you're making your parents and yourself come to a second trip to work with the casting director to see if I can get where I need to get to go then see the producer. So you want to come in prepared. It's, it's the biggest thing. And always, and in being prepared, knowing your material, make sure you're dressed appropriately. Sometimes um, kids will come off in these sh short shorts or cutoffs and being kind of disrespectful to the office because you're, when you're coming in for an audition, it's like you're going in for a job interview. And mm -hmm. would you go into a job interview dressed in shorts, uh, maybe cutoffs that are inappropriate and in a, a shirt that may be cut too low? Or You want to come in looking like a professional. Um, you want to bring your pictures and resume with you. That is your calling card. I once had an actor come to see me and brought in there, it was for a pre-read on a pilot, brought in their resume. They came in, their choices were funky. They couldn't find what they needed to be with this character. I looked at his resume and I said, oh my gosh, see what you did here on these roles? I want you to think about that. Go home, come back tomorrow with, these, with this in mind of something that he had done on Broadway. He came in the next day, he'd found his character, we kind of shaped it a little more, 
he ended up booking it down the line. He became a series regular mm-hmm. because he brought in his picture and resume. So these are so, all um, important things. Oh, and the mm-hmm. go no, go ahead, go ahead. No, but this, these are all important things to have a successful audition. So I think that's <laughs> in your face to face, which is no, I I think every one of those things is important. <laughs> um, that's for when you're in in front of if if you have the you know privilege of being able to get in front of um, a casting director um, physically in 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 real life. What about um, self tape? Because that's how the process actually starts for a lot of actors who, because of distance or whatever, maybe just scheduling, can't get directly in front of the casting office um, at least for the first round. Do you have any special advice for audition self tapes? Um, yes. When, when you put together an, an audition tape, there's just a number of things that you should have on that. Your name, your agent, your height. If you're under 18, put your date of birth on it. Um, these are things that, and do a, a long shot of you. So whoever is on the other end of that can see you. But all those things are important to have because sometimes we'll end up having to go back onto the link saying, hey, I really like them, but how old are they? Are they in my age frame here? And I'll know better if I know how tall they are. There's just certain elements. If you're over 18 uh, and you're reading for a younger part, just say, I'm over you know, 18 or over 18. Um, that's fine. Uh, but we do need to know under 18 and we need to know height. <laughs> It's just so so important to us. And where you live, where you live is another important thing. And then when you do do the self-tapes, you know what? Do all the scenes. If you've got, you're getting a series regular audition, if you're getting just a guest star and there's multiple scenes, this is the only time we're going to see you to start this off. Do all the scenes. Get yourself and be prepared with them. If you're putting it on tape, do it like it's an audition for the producers. Know the material. Don't use your paper. Be in that scene. And keep yourself facing toward the camera. You don't need to talk directly to the camera unless it tells you to. But don't look sideways so all we're getting is a side profile. It's always towards somebody that's speaking to you on the right side of the camera. And my last thing on that, sometimes actors will just send us tapes that just have themselves speaking like they're hearing somebody on the other end, but there's nobody. So if you have nobody to read with you, then put it on tape and read back and forth to yourself the other lines that the person has. If you don't, but don't just say your lines to nobody without us hearing what the other people are saying. <laughs> That's great. That's Those the kind first of time thoughts. I've ever heard that. Like, A, that problem, B, that solution. That's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, <laughs> wow. Okay, right. Well, it's true though. I mean, say you're you don't have somebody to read with. Um, it's better to to do it twice and do it with yourself. I love not file that away. Right, um, right. So what you can do, you got a tape recorder there and just put it on that. Because, yeah. No, I love that. And then yeah, no, I'm just, my my little brain is exploding over that cool piece of advice right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe that we're running out of time because this is so fun and you've got so much to share. Um, 
because I, I speak to parents a lot, I wondered if there's anything you have to say to parents, because parents can make or break a young actor's chance of the success. Um, do you have any advice for parents who are trying to help their young actor succeed? Well, number one, read your book. The Hollywood Parents Guide is an incredible uh, resource for any parent and for the kids if they're old enough to understand. It's just a beautiful resource to help guide um, parents in this in this career for their child that is a business. And in that being a business, they need to also remember why their child is in it. Is it because they love being an actor because they love interpreting material or do they want to do it because they want to be famous? So those are two very distinct things in knowing the reason why you want to help your child pursue this. Um, Because if it's about the work, then yes, continue to do what they're doing and helping them. Classes are a big part of that. These kids just can't come into a room and it's very rare when a child or any actor, being whatever age, can come into a room and say, I got this, and can just have that natural instinct to be an actor and to understand everything that's given to them. It's a very rare gift. So you have to assume that your child doesn't have that gift and will need the classes uh, to move their abilities forward into being in the professional world. And you want to make sure that you have the right people behind you in doing that as well and finding your agents and your managers and um, studying the Internet and the wonderful book that you have to help them guide through that because you will find that there are people out there that will take advantage and you don't want to be with those people. So you want to find the best way that's going to help you jump those hoops to avoid them. Um, and just love your child and be there for them and and uh, keep reminding them that this is a business. Some of it you just can't take personally. You have to, you know, sometimes kids will go into a room and people aren't very nice and they have to have a thick enough skin to be, say, to be able to say, okay, that wasn't about me that, because I came in prepared and did what I was supposed to. That's about the other people who felt the need to be mean to me. So that's not, not about usually the child or the actor in any way. It's reflective on the people that are running that in whatever capacity they are. And I know that as a kid who, when I was a kid, who was um, taken out of a commercial, they said, because I had a blemish and they didn't have a makeup artist. And it was like, no, what it ended up being was they had one too many girls and they used um, um, a mar on me to make it about me and make me the bad guy, mm. and that wasn't fair. Mm. So I was heartbroken, but then when I got to my agent's office to talk about it with her, she said, this is what happened, and filled me in. So mm. you've got to know there's it's a business, and people aren't always going to be going down the avenues that you would hope that they would in treating people like they should. That's kind of my my yeah, words. Suzanne, so much good advice. <laughs> so much good advice. I hope. 
I hope. I hope. Thank you so much. And again, Bonnie, your book tells so much of this and really puts it out there for um, parents and, you know, grown-up actors for that matter, just to help them maneuver and understand this world. And a lot of kids graduating from schools right now could take a look at this and get an idea of how to maneuver well, thank themselves. you. Thank you. I, thank I did you. write it for parents, but, you know, <laughs> after looking at it, I, I realized hopefully a lot of kids are at a college and, and young actors will find it useful too. Thank you. I know you are crazy busy because you are casting stuff all day long every day. Thank you for taking <laughs> the time to talk to us. <laughs> Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'll talk to I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this podcast today. For a limited time, I'm offering my two online workshops, Preparing Your Child for Hollywood, and the more advanced, Helping Your Child Succeed in Hollywood at a low introductory price. These workshops are invaluable resources for parents of young actors, whether you're actually aiming for Hollywood or just thinking about it. You can find them on the workshops page of my website, hollywoodparentsguide.com, or just go to hollywoodparentsguide.com forward slash workshop. These low introductory prices are subject to change without notice, of course, so catch them now before they go up. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Bonnie Wallace of the Hollywood Parents Guide. Until next time, keep following your dreams.